It's 11 minutes before the hour. You are listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Thursday, November 3rd, 2022. I'm Aaron Fulton with Raven News. The passage of Prop 1 by Sitka voters last month will bring a significant amount of cash into the school district for student activities, but it's not clear yet how it will be allocated. KCAW's Robert Woolsey attended Tuesday's school board meeting and reports on this issue and several others from the evening. Superintendent Frank Hauser told the Sitka School Board that there were many possibilities for using the money, which could top $300,000 in a couple of years, including establishing an activity scholarship fund for students already eligible for the free and reduced meals program, and limiting the activity fee paid by students to one single fee paid once per year, rather than paying separately for every activity. Hauser said a survey posted on the district's homepage was generating results. Uh, our preliminary survey responses include a strong preference for students uh, for the use of the fund directly for students, which is exactly in line with what the assembly talked about and the district's initial ideas are focusing on. The Sitka School Board heard a major update from the district's cultural education program. Director Jewel LeBlanc described the grants she manages and the projects they support, everything from the Cradle to Career grant to Box of Treasures, culture class, and summer camps. After two years of remote participation, many of the programs are reintegrating into the district's curriculum. LeBlanc said that one parent found the Sitka district's approach to be especially empowering. Personally, it's very important because I feel like oftentimes I've been told I'm not Native enough to learn the culture or I don't look Native enough. And so knowing that that's something that I have heard, it's something our students are still hearing. And It was really neat to hear this quote come from this parent that just shares how much it means to them that the culture is accessible within the school day, not just where they have to be Native enough or after school. LeBlanc herself is a graduate of Sitka High. She explained that although cultural education was offered in her day, it was more universal now throughout the schools. She was playing catch-up. As a district alumni, I didn't get a chance to learn the language in the school. Uh, I was very into sports, and so I never had the opportunity to even opt into SNEP classes. So I didn't learn the language, and so now as an adult, I get to learn it. And so I'm going to say this um, to you, but I also invite you all to try saying these words too. If I can do it, you can do it, um, and it's okay to not say it right. So thank you for listening. Board President Blossom Teal Olson could relate to LeBlanc's experience growing up in Upiak in Fairbanks. I had a very similar experience um, growing up. There was hardly any cultural education within the schools. They'd say, are you Native? And if you were, you stood up. And they're like, okay, now go learn about yourself. And we'd leave the room and we'd spend 15 minutes learning something that someone read in a book. In other business, the Sitka School Board heard an enrollment update from Superintendent Hauser, who reported that the average daily membership, or ADM, during the official count period in October fell below the 1,125 students the board had budgeted for by around nine students. Nevertheless, the district has an available balance of CARES Act funding and was still in the market for additional AmeriCorps staff in the elementary schools. Hauser also said that a contractor had begun work removing the defective heat pumps at Blatchley Middle School, which has been without reliable heat for a full year. 
Hauser said two new heat pumps have arrived in Sitka and two more are on the way. Our contractor is pulling out the old heat pumps today in preparation for installing the new ones. Um, as I said in my update last month, uh, he was able to band-aid one of the units and get some heat going in the building. So the building has had some heat uh, in the interim, but we're excited for that process to be starting. The Sitka Assembly in August set aside $600,000 to replace the Blatchley heat pumps which are only 11 years old, but may have been improperly installed. And finally, the board's student representative, Felix Myers, shared some good news. He'll soon be lending his voice to school policy at the state level, and next year he will have a voting role. So I was selected to be the junior student representative to the State Board of Education and Early Development uh, for the state of Alaska. In that position, what that means is that I will be one of the students Uh, representing all students of Alaska to that board. Uh, And next year, I'll be sitting as the senior representative and be a full voting member of the Board of Education for the state of Alaska. As the current representative for Sitka High, Myers lent his strong support for adding a student member to the school board from Pacific High. The board agreed and approved the proposal on first reading and will consider the matter again on second reading in December. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. Although the Sitka School District is making ends meet at the moment, inflation is likely to bring school funding into the spotlight as districts begin building their budgets for next year. In Anchorage, school district leaders are considering how school buildings might be repurposed if six elementary schools close next year. At a work session on Tuesday, consultant Shannon Bingham proposed leasing the buildings to charter schools. The district wouldn't be able to collect rent from them, but would save on utilities and maintenance costs. Bingham also proposed changes to language immersion programs. The district's Chinese, French, and Yupik immersion programs would end after fifth grade. All high school immersion programs would end after this school year. Brandon Locke, the district's World Language and Immersion Director, said he worried how the changes might impact enrollment in the remaining programs. What would be the purpose of, say, starting a, a kindergartner in French next year, knowing that it's going to end in just a few years? And so I think that that's going to automatically cause enrollment issues in our current programs at the elementary level. Finally, administrators propose changing the IGNITE program, a district-wide program for gifted second through sixth graders. They said those students would have access to an online course instead, and the resulting staff reductions would save the district $3 million. School board member Kelly Lessons worried that students would miss out on the main benefits of the program if it moved online. I'm thinking about Ignite projects like dissecting a frog or learning to use a 3D printer. The district's teaching and learning director, Deanna Beltran, said students may still have access to those kinds of activities depending on what school they attend. The board planned a two-hour work session later this month to discuss moving all sixth graders to middle school and outsourcing hockey, swimming, and girls' gymnastics. Tens of thousands of unionized port and rail workers on the West Coast are in months-long negotiations with shipping and rail companies. Potential strikes at the Port of Seattle or along the nation's railways could cripple economic activity throughout the country. And as KSTK's Sage Smiley reports, a strike could also potentially cause Wrangell's trash bins to overflow. Southeast Alaska is a patchwork of rocky forested islands, so there are only so many places to take out the trash. Most communities in the Panhandle operate some combination of landfill service and barging baled trash down south. But Public Works Director Tom Waiter explains Wrangell doesn't have that flexibility. Where Wrangell is in a 
is in a worse spot than some of our other communities is, you know, most of our other communities still operate some sort of a landfill. And so they're going to be able to subsidize, you know, their trash storage and shipping by, you know, putting a few more things in their landfill. We don't have that option. Wrangell's landfill was closed in 2012, and the community hasn't opened another. That leaves the island with very little wiggle room when it comes to waste. Most of the time, that isn't an issue. Barge service to Wrangell is regular and prompt, and the sanitation department keeps the trash baler moving. From Wrangell, shipping containers of trash travel by barge to the port of Seattle, where they're unloaded and shipped by rail to a landfill in central Washington. In recent months, though, two major union negotiations have stalled or fallen apart. One is between railroads and a dozen rail workers' unions throughout the country. Waiter says if the rail companies and unions aren't able to come to an agreement, it could be not great for Wrangell. What management will look like if they no longer are able to ship by rail to the Roosevelt landfill, that gets a little complicated and, uh, and is not, I would say, not, not a long-term sustainable plan. Waiter says he's been in contact with the company that ships Wrangell's garbage down south. If it comes to a strike? Basically what has been communicated to us is that they will ship every single empty available container that they can north and that communities are going to have to do their best at trying to stockpile the garbage as much as possible. That should give us a few days. If negotiations or a strike lasted more than a few days, Roosevelt has already been in contact with a number of other landfills in the Pacific Northwest, uh, and they would consider shipping the garbage by truck to these other landfills. The other stalled union negotiation is between shipping companies and West Coast dock workers, encompassing 29 ports up and down the coast and more than 22,000 dock workers. Either potential strike could have a serious impact on Wrangell's garbage. The speed Wrangell accumulates trash depends on the season, Waiter says. In the summer, the 2,100-person community can fill a container every two to three days. In the wintertime, it's more like a week. Taking the average with the storage capabilities the sanitation department currently has... We're talking probably like 10 days. And that's, that's kind of best-case scenario. Waiter says Republic, the trash company, has indicated it would take on any increased shipping costs as a result of a union negotiation holdup. He says Wrangell's Public Works Department will be monitoring the collective bargaining process of the port and rail unions. We're going to keep a close eye on it here in the next couple of weeks, and if this appears to be imminent, we're going to try to order you know, every container that we can to try to get us as far as we can. Uh, and in hopes that Republic figures out at least some sort of over-the-road shipping option to get us through. Republic didn't respond to a request for comment Tuesday. For Wrangell, if it does come to a strike, there won't be a moment to waste. In Wrangell, I'm Sage Smiley. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.